0: Good to say. Welcome to BitFaced. I feel like I've said it a lot and haven't released any of it in the past three months or two months. And I want to say thank you guys so much for supporting us still on social media and the community in general. You guys are all wonderful, but hopefully you're going to be hearing this episode of BitFaced uh, shortly after we record it. And it's the least I can do for you guys for all of the support that you show the podcast and will continue, hopefully, to show the podcast I just recorded a great episode I can't release for you guys until September for reasons uh, due to a Kickstarter, but I can't wait to share that with you, and I did that with my best friend and my co-host today, and my co-host a lot, hopefully in the future, Doug Lund. Doug, welcome to to your office. (laughs) This has got to be
1: like an honorary BitCave at this point, right? Because we've laid down at least a half a
0: dozen episodes that I can think of. The 100th episode of BitFacer is recorded right here. Both times we've been with Michael have been here. I want to say we've done two or three more besides that, and that's not counting Tap In Geek Out that we've recorded here too, correct?
1: Right. And it's not terrible. It's nice and quiet and cool, and uh, we can get
0: stuff done without bugging my poor wife. (laughs) Yeah, we, we definitely can. So thank you for having me here today. And I don't know if you just had as much fun as I did. I I, I think you did. It's always a treat to have, I guess we can say Michael was here. Uh, we can't say what he's working on, but it was a treat to have Michael here and talk to him. Uh, he always comes bearing gifts and he brought us some, some awesome stuff. And yeah, I mean, that's, we said at the end of the episode, that's why we podcast and I'm going to stand by that. Yeah. And there's a, a whole
1: other episode to look forward to, to that, but just being able to BS with not only him but his colleague for you know a good what did we get a good two and a half hours and another hour with with Michael after that it it, it is the reason why we
0: do this just being able to interact with really great people like that and so that's honestly what has kind of been happening at Bitface. Uh, those of you that keep up with us know I just did Denver Comic Con and I did four panels there. I'm hoping to at least have two to share with you guys soon. And then we have Colorado Springs Comic Con coming up where I'm also going to do four panels there. I don't think I can say yet who I'm doing, but I will hopefully get the audio for all of that. And I can't wait to share that with you guys as well. So we have been kind of busy on that front, but to be honest, and I think we talked about this on a cast that didn't get released, Tyler got a new job and he's super busy. And that's that's kind of what it boils down to is we've we've kinda had some growing pains on the show, but that's gonna happen uh anytime. And I uh, again I'm just glad to be talking to you guys today. Eric,
1: you, you mentioned it quickly and then didn't say anything else. I, I wanna know more about uh, Denver Comic Con because it seemed like that all came together very quickly and all of a sudden you had a list of like some very interesting people that you were going to talk to. Can we visit about like what that experience was was like, how that manifested, and then uh, how
0: you were or were not maybe I guess happy with the results. I was really happy with the results. So I did the Marvel panel, I did the DC panel, I did the Spider Verse panel. And I also did a panel for the show, The Expanse. I'd never seen The Expanse before. And what was the, the real, the lesson here was I learned about these panels six days before I had to do them. So the amount of prep time I had to squeeze into that frame was very hard. And you and Carl both helped me immensely. Without you guys, it would not, it would not have gone well. And it, I think it went really well. And I have some problems with Denver comic or not Denver Comic-Con, with Colorado Springs Comic-Con panels and the way I did them last year, but they were my first ones. So I can chalk those up to, this time I really felt like I had to walk in there dick swinging. Dude, I mean, maybe that's a bad way to put it, but that's how I felt. I was like, okay, this is the big league. This is not bullshit anymore. Not that Colorado Springs Comic-Con is bullshit. In fact, on an organization level, as far as how I knew where to go and how to be there, Springs was way better. I mean, I didn't even talk to Denver Comic-Con. This all came through our friends at Thinking Outside the Long Box, who, thank you, Juan and Gabe. I know that I got to do this because Gabe couldn't make it, and Juan was mad at him, but it ended up being a good (laughs) opportunity. And I hope at the end of the day that I did them proud. That's all, you know, because they asked me to do it. So if they asked me to do it, and I show up and suck, that's that's not the result I wanted. And Juan even gave me shit, because my parents were in town the weekend before. Right. And he was like, they've known you your whole life. Prep for this con. <laughs> Thanks, man. No, it, was, it was awesome, though. It was really awesome. It was awesome after the Spider-Verse panel for Kari Randolph to look at my Adidas and say, man, those are fat. And I was like, I've got my name in the bottom of them. He's like, no way. Show me. Took my shoe off, and he's like, man, he's like, all I ever wear are Adidas. That's, that's a memory I'll have for the rest of my life. And the Expanse panel, which is the one I don't think we'll ever get to hear again, I really want to see it because I felt like it was the best job I ever did. Because you wrote the best questions. all I had to—I was a little Doug puppet up there. All I had to do was open my mouth and, and read them. And the audience reacted well, and I think the guys reacted well, too.
1: You still did the hard work. I, I think my only regret in this is because it did come together so quickly, I, I wasn't able to get a, a ticket and actually get into Comic-Con to watch you do this. But... Walking out of there after the weekend, uh, I, I guess I, I took some solace in the fact that there were, I knew that there was recordings of at least you know, two or three of the panels. Do we have any kind of time? I think I can speak for all of BitFace listeners when I want to know, like, when are we going to get
0: anything? I, like, I, I got to hear something. I'm hoping that I can get the at least the DC panel done next week, meaning my intro done and the audio to me edited so that i can release it so i'm hoping that from what i've heard the dc panel and the spider verse panel are gold it's the marvel panel that the audio is bad but we have it and the expanse panel did not get recorded and i i don't know if i talked to you about that but they would not let me plug in my device to the soundboard and it was not a problem at any of the other places but at this point i'm thinking about what i'm going to do on stage not about Getting the recording—that's not my job. But Juan wasn't there. Thanks again, dickhead. Juan wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, man. Facilitate that part of it, and I had five minutes before I was going to be on the stage. So that's not the time to throw a temper tantrum and well, I'm not doing this if you guys don't record it. I have a job to do. What was the highlight of the con for you? Oh God, man, dude, I got to—I got to talk to Greg Capullo. I got to talk to Andy Kubert. And like I said, Andy, I've been a fan of your work for a long time. And Greg is we all have, and made the whole audience clap. And that was pretty fucking awesome. Carl had some amazing people-specific questions on the DC panel. And if I would have worked for four years, I never would have came up with questions that good. Carl's pretty amazing like that. And, you know, he called me one night from his basement during a storm, two hours over PlayStation because his phone wouldn't work. And we wrote out the entire panel. Then you sent me the Expanse information. And I was doing research uh, on Marvel and Spider-Man on the side. So it all ended up working out, dude. And, and this was a big moment
1: for not only you, but your show. I, I think that's important to acknowledge that uh, in many ways it felt like a, like a graduation to the, the big leagues.
0: It did for me. I, I don't know. I felt like I took a couple really good at-bats. You're always going to have room to improve, and you're always going to have a place to a place to learn. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. And again, you know, they asked me to come back to do the Springs Con, and I I kind of got my choice of what I wanted to do. And you're allowed to talk about that at this point, right? <sighs> I don't know <laughs> if I'm allowed to say the people.
1: Okay, so we'll we'll stay away from
0: that subject. But you're you know what what the I mean what the fuck could happen if I. That's what I worry about, though. If I do say something and it gets out and then they're like, oh, Eric just likes to run his mouth about shit, I, I'm worried about that. As soon as I can tell you guys I will, and some of you already know because you don't run your mouths. Well, and if it's anything like last year,
1: things can change um, by the minute, like up until the day of the actual
0: con. So, Oh, I already got a, a message, and I, I guess I can say this. I got a message that said – what do you know about the Walking Dead and or professional wrestling? <laughs> and I said, I don't know much about either. Like if I had to pick between the two, I'm definitely going wrestling, unless it's the Walking Dead video game. Wrestling worked out well for you last year. Oh, it did. But you know, I don't I don't think it's 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 Trish and Lita though. And I think that was the that was why that panel worked, was that dynamic. Is they were giving me well, Lita was giving me shit the whole time. Trish was a sweetheart and I, no, I, I loved it, but no. Thank you for asking. I hate talking about myself. You know that. So,
1: so for those of you in Colorado, or in particular, I guess in the Colorado Springs area, not only is Eric going to be running a few panels at the Colorado Springs Comic Con, which is August
0: twenty third.
1: Yeah, it, it seems like it's like the that second to last weekend there. But you guys are also going to have a, a booth, correct?
0: I'm pretty sure we're going to have a table that I will be at for some of the day. I have a lot of lag time. One of the days where I, I have one panel in the morning and then I have like six hours off. So why not throw down some casts while we're there? Especially if it's, if it's not too noisy, I'm going to see how it is. The guys that run project nerd said if that doesn't work out, throw your gear up in our shit and we'll, we'll have a place for you guys to record. Cool. So everyone's super nice in the Springs. <laughs>
1: Come down and, and see Eric at the, the Colorado, Colorado Springs Comic-Con.
0: <laughs> or, you know, listen to the uh, the BitFaced episode later, hopefully. God, I had a transition into something, and I can't even think of it. What else were we supposed to talk about?
1: Well, we could go with... So that's what's happening in the future. Let's talk about what the fuck you've been up to. It's a terrible transition,
0: but we'll go with it. <laughs> what have I been up to? I mean, not much besides... Well, I moved... So that's a pain in the ass for a month of your life. I've been gaming uh, a little bit, you know, nothing, nothing major prepping for this next con. will start in a couple weeks just because I want to be solid for some of these guests. And one of them, you only convinced me to do because you said you would write the questions. And I said, okay, (laughs) because if not, I would have given that one back. And I know this is unfair totally to whoever's listening right now. So we should (laughs) cut this, but yeah, there was one I didn't want to do. And uh, I am going to do it as long as you help me with the questions yeah that's not gonna be a problem.
1: I saw crawl.
0: <laughs> you saw it by yourself because because no one wanted to go with me <laughs> not not even not even my fifteen year old nephew didn't want to go to see a horror film with me.
1: Would he- be enjo- would he have enjoyed it?
0: You know, I think he would have enjoyed it on the same level I did. It was definitely better than the last Transformers movie I took him to, but it was it was okay.
1: Okay is uh, God it's just it's not enough to get my butt in a chair these days. We're so spoiled, I and mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum. With like just how much good shit there is, not only on the screen but on on the, on the television as well. We are kind of I guess in a in a stretch of the summer where there's not a lot of big properties hitting the screen anytime soon so let's not talk about movies i i want to talk about gaming because i know you're always playing something and i feel like it's been a while since we've done a you know either on on our uh, tap in geek out show like what the fuck is eric playing but uh, I, I can't recall the last bitface episode where you went real in depth on any kind of video game in particular
0: let's go with a game that we talked about on bitface episode two or three and it finally came out a couple weeks ago and that's Bloodstained Ritual of the Night.
1: Is that how long that's been in like I guess funny that one was kickstarted too wasn't it? Was it was
0: kickstarted and um, I think they got six million very quickly it, I I want to say that was the number uh, if I'm wrong whatever but finally came out and it's basically uh, Koji Ishirashi is the creator of Castlevania Symphony of the Night. One of my favorite titles I will put it top five. If you put a gun to my head top five video games of all time Symphony of the Night makes that five. I like that style of game. Metroidvania is what it is commonly called, and you hear that term thrown around a lot nowadays because I think a lot of people like playing those games. This Is That done so well. So, I mean, I normally, if I get a new game, it it takes me about a month to finish it because I'm finishing four other things. I played nothing but this for a week, nothing. And I'm talking, that was uh, when I had a Saturday off where I could play morning tonight, like breaks for food and that was it. And I could not put this thing down. If you like Dead Cells, and I know a lot of people that listen to the show and follow the show have messaged me, Hey, thanks for the Dead Cells recommendation, Eric. That was great. I put this up there with that. The music alone is worth the forty dollar purchase. And it is a little I mean, it's a forty dollar game and a lot of the Metroidvania titles are twenty, twenty five. So you're gonna spend a little bit more on this. And I know People have told me they're going to wait for the sale to get it, but I think it's beautiful. I think the mechanics work. I think if you want a game with a lot of exploration, it's not too frustrating, and you can customize your character to how you see fit, what weapons and spells you want to use, because as you beat enemies, you absorb their powers, and you can use that to take down other things. It, it's phenomenal. That's I know I overuse that word a lot, but I don't give a shit. It's, it's phenomenal highly recommend you pick that up. So that's what I've been playing. And $40 isn't ridiculous if the
1: replayability is there and from what I gather, I mean that that's absolutely something
0: that that the game brings. It was really cool too because Jesse, who is a bitface fan. Him and I've never met in real life. But we were on text with each other that entire week, both of us playing through him on PC and me on Xbox, never using a guide, giving each other hints and like, oh, did you find this? Oh, if you sit down on this bench for two minutes and a, a demon will attack you and that's the bonus boss. And it was really cool to like forge a new friendship of someone I've never met before, but someone who knows the show. And him and I talked about bloodstain. So mad shout out to you, Jesse. I know you might be listening to this and uh, and thank you. He helped me through the game, and I hope I helped him a little bit, too. But this game is not roguelike. It's got a story that is
1: told from start to finish, and you knocked it out in a week. What? How many hours of actual gameplay
0: would you say you logged? I think it probably took me 23 hours to get to the final boss. And just like—this um, is a spoiler—just like Symphony of the Night, there's a false ending Like, you get to a boss at one point, and you don't have the right item, and you beat him, and you get, like, just the credits roll. There's no cutscene at the end. And then you have to go through, like, five or six more bosses to get to the actual final boss. So it's cool. There's a lot of hidden stuff, a lot of hidden rooms. Uh, You know, if you've got a giant map to explore, uh, of course, you run into stuff, and you need to get powers to come back to get it. You can flip the castle over as a tribute to the old inverted castle in symphony of the night, you yeah. can do that at will and, and flip, uh, or no, you, well, you don't really flip the castle over. You flip yourself over, but it's the same. It's the same principle. It's a brilliant title.
1: And 24 hours for 40 bucks. Doesn't seem like, <laughs> that didn't seem ridiculous at all. Considering there's plenty of $60 titles that you get less gameplay than that.
0: Oh, you, you completely do. And, you can also go to New Game Plus with all your powers and play on a harder difficulty. So you know I'm going to play through again. There's so I'll, I did. Will I get my forty dollars out of it? I, I I do or I will. I think most people listening will get their forty dollars out of it.
1: And that one's available on all the consoles, and I'm assuming probably Steam. Also, it seems like the Kickstarter titles always end up on there at very least. It's on all
0: four. Is yeah, all four. I've also been playing Mario Maker 2 which I think it was the second year we did a Bitface top 10 or uh, yeah top 10 of the year it was my game of the year Mario Maker 1. So I was really excited to get Mario Maker 2 and I'm not disappointed in the least and just like last time I don't create anything. I just play shit that other people make and I get $60 worth of enjoyment out of just doing that. So I'm looking forward to showing you the game tonight. Because I think you'll really dig it too. Yeah. I guess
1: that actually would have helped if we would have like played that last night ahead of like sit down and uh, sitting down and podcasting about it today. But that's all right. I'll get a chance to see it.
0: What makes that game stand out? The the shit everyone comes up with. The fact that you can sit there and play a random mode where you go through a map and every level you get to is a level that someone else on the planet created, not Nintendo. There is a story mode in this which does have nintendo created levels which are really cool and also really hard the way it should be but just seeing the stuff that people come up with and just the ins- i played a level that was like a murder mystery mario and i don't know how to explain it except for that but like people are getting really creative with with what they're making and the fact that you can just sit there and just play through little chunks at a time it's, it totally suits my ADD gaming style, completely. It's perfect for me. And if I learn how to build the stuff, I might even like it more, but it's intimidating because when you see some of the stuff people come up with, you're like, I could never. Especially some of the auto levels. Every so often you'll get dropped into a level, and like the instructions will be don't run or don't touch a button. And you just let Mario go through. And like just like the... Is it called the Rube Goldberg machine or whatever that you go through there is insane?
1: Oh yeah, you hit something here and it causes some kind of chain reaction of is events. Is that Rube
0: Goldberg? Yeah, that's right, a Rube Goldberg device. Device or, or machine? Yeah, it's like mousetrap, right? But with Mario and the the way that the people have figured out the physics and how you jump halfway over and then a cannonball hits you and it knocks you down and another thing pushes you over, it's it's insane to me. I will never be that smart. But it's a lot of fun to play.
1: I know. It's drawing rave reviews. And, I mean, this has got to be the,
0: the title that, that people are, are playing on the Switch right now. Until this Friday, when we all, I think, are going to be playing a little bit of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. I would love to know how Nintendo landed that as an exclusive. Because that's kind of unprecedented, isn't it? It really is. And you figure whoever made the game would want to be released on all three. I mean, think about how much how much sales you're leaving off the table. You, c- you can't tell me that that game wouldn't sell more if they released it on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. God, with the
1: way that the console
0: sales are, are going at this point for Nintendo,
1: I'm, I mean, picking one of those others as the exclusive platform, it, impossible to say. But uh, h- how long do they usually lock them up for exclusively
0: the, these days? Oh, I wouldn't even pretend to give you an answer. I'm not sure. And I think it's all game specific. I just, yeah, it, it shocks me. I think Nintendo paid a lot for that because that's a title that I think might bring some gamers of our age to the Switch. Nintendo has the kids on lock and Nintendo has most casual gamers and I do not mean that in a bad way, but they have most casual gamers on lock. But I think like, if I didn't own a Switch and I found out Marvel Ultimate Alliance was coming out, that would be a console purchaser for me. I love playing that game. The fact that we can play together, I guarantee you Nikki will play that with us. Like, theres That's just a game that brings a lot of people together, in my opinion. It, it has a lot of appeal. And if it's done right, have you seen the roster of characters that we have to choose from? And you can level up, and there's different skill trees and things. I watched a preview on it. I cannot wait. To play it this Friday, even if I'm playing by myself, but I'm hoping that we can get online and play together. Is it online or is it only couch co-op? I think it is online, correct?
1: You know what? I'm actually going to make a point to look that up while we're recording because that was going to be my next question for you. I can't imagine them doing this game with
0: without an online multiplayer component because i hate to tell you nintendo but my 1999 a year to pay to use your online service has so far not really paid off except for the fact that you gave me a working copy of punch out but i have mike tyson's punch out on my emulator so i really hope that this is a game that i can play online with my friends
1: it does say with up to 4 players either online or via local multiplayer well i know what we're doing friday night nice <laughs> God, and this title has been how many years in the making? Like, I want to say it's been a good,
0: has it been a decade since Ultimate Alliance 2? It's got to be close. I I feel like Ultimate Alliance 2 came out a couple years after Ultimate Alliance 1, but still a long time ago, because Ultimate Alliance 1 wasn't an Xbox 360 launch title, but it was damn close. I want to say maybe it was six or seven months after the console came out.
1: Yeah, and Ultimate Alliance 2, also 360, right? Yes. That, that generation. Yeah, so it had to have been, I, I mean, I'm using my reference points, but I remember who still lived with me and what age they were. Uh, yeah, it, it had to have been at least a decade. God. <laughs> it's obvious, I guess, at, at this point that we did um, no research for this episode, but we did think it was important to to have a conversation about what we've been up to just so people didn't think we'd fallen off the, the
0: face of the earth and to let you know that there's a lot more on the horizon. Yeah, and uh, we will cut this one shorter today just because I, yeah, I, like Doug just said, I just wanted to get something out there today just to tell you guys hey, we're still here. We're still kicking it. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming. Trust me on that. If you thought the panels last year were good, I think this year's even better. And hopefully that leads to better stuff. Uh, I've told our listener and friend, David Frizzell, once I get invited to go to a con in Atlanta, I will feel like I've made it. Once I get invited back home, like to Dragon Con or to the Southern Fried Gaming Expo, if BitFace gets something like that, then that's that's the next level for me, taking it out of Colorado, right. if you will. And hopefully, maybe I'll get to do some more stuff at Denver Comic Con last year. I hope that they were very happy with uh, with what I did. I, I know I was, and fuck you for making me talk about myself. Anyway... The worst transitions ever always start like that for me, so you guys are welcome for that one. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Doug, for sitting down with me today. We, we've done a lot of work today, but I think we solved a lot of technological problems today too, correct?
1: Yeah, actually, th- this is kind of a milestone for us. So as we've talked about on one of the shows, I can't remember which one it was, but Eric upgraded the gear right around the beginning of the year. In fact, I Christmas. think... Yeah, the um, last several... Both Tap In, Geek Out and BitFace episodes have been recorded on, on the Zoom device, and today we figured out how to loop a remote party in to the Zoom with a bunch of local uh, microphones plugged into it, into a, like, it was a Teams calling, kind of Skype calling application, and uh, I'm really looking forward to what that's going to sound like, and again, you guys won't hear that until September. But that was a big deal for us because it's you know something technically we've never done before. And uh, yeah, it, it didn't seem like it took a whole lot to figure out. And it really opens the doors for us to be able to do um, a lot of different combinations of uh, both local and remote guests going
0: forward. So if Jason Lee ever returns my emails, <laughs> we know what to do now. Thank you guys so much. Hopefully, after this episode airs, the next thing you hear will either be an episode I recorded with uh, with Mike the Quad, which I can't wait for you to hear, or Denver Comic Con panel is the plan. So, uh, as usual, I probably I probably won't stick to it. But I love you guys, and thank you so much for supporting the show, supporting the website, and supporting everything that we do. I always just like I feel a big nice hug when uh, when we talk online, and I think all of you are great. From the Big Cave, a.k.a. Doug's office, my co-host Doug Lund, I am Eric G. Hollis, and I really hope that we're back.